Welcome. Being around inspiring people just makes you want to just do better and, and better yourself as well. All right, we're back here in the studio with the Indie LA podcast, and we have with us our special guest, Ariel Shrum, trumpet player, magician, songwriter. Ariel, what don't you do, man? I mean, thank you for uh, being on the podcast with us. <laughs> I think you nailed it. Yeah. Welcome. Yeah, welcome. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Yeah. Um, so I kind of just want to jump right into it, man. Um, you and I met at a, uh, at, at a venue uh, performing for um, sort of like a live like club scene. Right. And um, yep. I, I know you as a trumpet player. Um, and one of the times I had gotten to the gig a little bit earlier and I saw you also performing magic. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, like this dude is incredible. Like, how, how <laughs> can he have like both of these like trades? I kind of want to know, like, what, what got you into magic? Like, what, what started that journey for you? So many things, so many things influenced that path. Um, I think the earliest thing was my grandfather, actually. Um, okay. And he was, he wasn't a magician himself, but he was definitely like a magic enthusiast and he knew some tricks here and there and he had this one little cork trick it was like a bar bet that you would do you know you're in a bar and you say hey if you can do this little puzzle thing i'll buy you a drink and if you can't do it you buy me a drink like okay. one of those little things That's i don't know fun. why he's teaching his like seven-year-old son to do that yeah. i mean grandson um is, is the puzzle solvable it, it is it is it's very clever um it looks like you have you have two corks kind of in your palms like in between your thumbs and you kind of put them together and then you pass them through each other essentially it kind of looks like they go through okay. um, you kind of like pull them apart in a weird way and then someone else tries to do it and they can't do it it's like this like impossible puzzle so that fascinated me just that you could uh you know learn a trick i think that was the first time i was exposed to a trick yeah uh and i was kind of bit by the bug by that and then i got out of it for a while i wasn't like in magic i just Thought it was kind of cool. I had this fun little trick. Okay. And then I was given a magic kit, uh, I think a couple years later. And I thought that was cool for a couple years. Nice. Then I thought it was really dumb and lame. Oh. <laughs> and I remember actually going to like a friend's bar mitzvah where they had a magician hired and thinking that it was really silly. And I distanced myself from him. And I, I wish actually that I went and saw more of the tricks because uh, now, I mean, that's awesome. But... I remember thinking that it was really weird and dumb. And, and there's another, another instance in my life where I was around a magician. And again, I thought it was really dumb. Mm. Um, and then on New Year's Eve in eighth grade, uh, that was when the magic truly began that I haven't strayed from that path. Okay. Um, and I was at a New Year's Eve party and a friend of mine, um, or sorry, my friend of, my, friend of mine's cousin uh, was doing a card trick. And it, again, sort of relit that passion that I sort of had it wasn't like a full passion that was developed but uh-huh. I knew that you know it was fun to do card tricks it's fun to fool people and it was fun to like feel magical I guess yeah. um, so it kind of like re-influenced that feeling that I was that I was developing I guess throughout all the years um, you know on and off the path uh, so I went home that night and pulled out like my old card trick book and just started teaching myself tricks and okay um, and from then on I've, I taught myself uh, how to do magic essentially and and I've been doing it for 15 years. No, 16 years, actually. Wow. Dude, that's incredible. So, yeah, you would say, like, at your at your start, um, you were introduced to it, but it didn't really, like, uh, 
it didn't really like catch like the first like few times, right? Like, um, yeah, I think I think there was more distractions in my life, uh, music too, and I I think I think at a certain point music was getting too hard, like trumpet was getting challenging, mm-hmm. and so magic was like this new fun thing that I could practice, and I love always loved practicing, so it was fun to kind of go back and forth between trumpet or music and then magic, and uh, they feed each other too really nicely, okay, creatively as well. So you never felt like you needed to choose one over the other, like at that time? No, no. And I still, uh, still haven't. I still think, I mean, if I had to pick one, I would pick music because I've been doing that since I feel like day one, honestly. Um, but magic is right up there with it. And, you know, another one of my greatest passions for sure. That's awesome, dude. I want to ask, cause I, I was also pretty into magic as a kid. Um, (laughs) I don't remember exactly what it was, but there was some kind of, uh, magic special on tv one time with these big illusions and i I just got really hooked by it and uh i I remember getting i used to buy those kits right right the stick the sword through the balloon kind of thing yeah the the cups the three cups find the ball totally you know those those little starter tricks that you have and um uh, it's it's funny that you you mentioned like when you were younger having that uh, magician at a birthday party Mm -hmm. you know how you felt like it was uh it was kind of lame at the time right you know it came around um i i got so confident in my my little tricks and stuff when I was in, I think, the third grade, uh, nine years old, maybe second grade, Yeah. Um, that I took it upon myself to perform at my own birthday party. Oh, <laughs> oh, that's <right>. great. <laughs> so I actually, I actually performed for my friends, wow. and uh, I think they probably also thought it was really, really lame. <laughs> oh, man. That's incredible. <laughs> but I, I, yeah, it, kind of, it also kind of put me off it for a while, but uh, yeah. I, I love going to magic shows. I love seeing magic tricks and trying to figure out how things work and how things... Yeah. Yeah, no, it's funny how like certain age groups, within a certain age, it feels like magic is lame. Like it's cool when you're like six through nine maybe, and then mm-hmm. after that, you're in the age of, I want to figure everything out. Like I need to know how this works. Yeah. And, and I think that might be probably where people think it's lame. So it's like, oh, you're just, you're just doing this stupid little thing. Yeah, yeah, like those preteen years, you're like, oh, is this the right choice? Like, like this is right. real magic. People are gonna make fun of me. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, and then it becomes cool. <laughs> uh, well, tell me about trumpet. Like, how'd you, uh, or you know, what, why was that the instrument of choice for you? And like, tell mm. me about your journey for, um, yeah, you know, your music career from then to now. So for trumpet, um, so I'm a, I'm a, I'm a Jew. I come from a Jewish background. Okay. Um, <laughs> And the, the reason I bring that up is because there is the shofar, which is blown, uh, which is a ram's horn. And you blow okay. it uh, for the Jewish New Year. And that was actually the first horn that I played. It's not really something you play. It's just like a ceremonial thing. Okay. They're, they're pretty hard to, to blow into. They are pretty hard to, yeah. Um, yeah. There's a funny story. My mom was telling me that, I don't remember this, but apparently we were at a synagogue and she heard someone playing the shofar and she walked into the room and it was me. I was just, I picked one up and I was just oh, wow. doing it. <laughs> so I guess I was kind of just drawn to, to the horn Yeah, yeah, and, and wanted to, to do that. So I think that was, that kind of also bit me by the bug. Is that okay. the expression? Yep. Maybe. Bug bit me. Yeah. <laughs> I got bit by the shofar. Yep. <laughs> yeah. So that was my first uh, experience with that but uh also i just loved the way it looked and i had a music book as a kid and uh you know with all the instruments and i was obsessed with how trumpets look they're just golden and shiny yeah and, yeah um and then just falling in love with the, the way it sounds and yeah so i started playing trumpet when i was nine years old uh, awesome. we had to wait till my teeth were, were formed i guess fully like i guess i had to lose all my baby teeth of mm. course and i wanted to start earlier but we had to wait 
there was something about like the way my mouth was developing. Mm, interesting. Can, That's yeah. kind of how it is with saxophone. I mean, I can remember like choosing that instrument because of how you know shiny and all the keys like it just right. looked elegant and cool you know yeah and um you know when you're a little kid they want you to start out on uh on clarinet um just because of the weight of it you know the saxophone's right. like very heavy it's uh, mm -hmm. it's a brass instrument with like the woodwind um the reed mouthpiece mm. so um yeah I, I can remember you know choosing in sixth grade but like my, my mom like fought for me to start on saxophone uh yeah she like we already had one my aunt had one so yeah i don't know it was uh but but it was something about like like how it looked and how it sounded that like yeah, like, drew yeah. me towards it and um yeah yeah i'm, I'm kind of glad glad i stuck with it because it's opened up so many other like avenues oh absolutely yeah, yeah. I, I started with sax too when i was young like nine years old oh nice and even just the alto I mean, you're talking about the weight, mm -hmm. you know, where the thumb hold would be that I would have to like set that on the chair. It was heavy. And like that was heavy that for was, little kids. That was yeah. my, uh, how it, <laughs> it lined up with me. Yeah. Yeah. That's, That's awesome. Yeah. So I kind of want to know um, how Trumpet has opened up avenues for you, because like I know you now as a songwriter, you're a recording artist, um, you're going on tour, performing with artists, you're tackling like all of these like musical avenues that, you know, a lot of people just choose like the one or like two paths, but um, tell me about your story on how that's like created some new direction for you, like choosing that instrument. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, it's made my my whole career essentially. I started playing in bands in in high school and in college, and I went to Berklee College of Music, so had a lot of opportunity to play in many different ensembles, and also I playing trumpet in nightclubs too, uh, which okay. is how we met actually. But yeah, yeah. but before before we even met, I was doing that in Boston and. I was a magician in the nightclub as well as a trumpet player. Okay, wow. That's, that's not something you hear very often. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so that was interesting. Uh, definitely, you know, there's a time and a place for that. And, and it wasn't like being on a stage and, and, you know, you're doing a show. It was just kind of like walking through the club, kind of like what we did, mm -hmm. um, kind of a acting as if I was like a bottle service yep, yep. Uh, person. But, yeah, no, it's, it's opened up so many, so many opportunities and i've gotten to work with so many different artists and i think i've recorded on maybe like 85 songs that have come out of all different artists awesome. so far i think and uh, some of them are grammy nominated so that that was really exciting yeah. to be a part of that process mm. yeah it just keeps on going um i i find new opportunities you know every every month for sure of new people to play with new artists to work with and hopefully more tours coming my way yeah <laughs> Dude, that's sick. So, like, do you think that there's any one of these, like, avenues that you gravitate towards, whether it's, like, uh, you know, performing on stage or, like, being a recording artist, or do they all kind of, like, work hand-in-hand hand with each other? I mean, they're totally different, and as a, as a magician as well, I definitely gravitate towards performing. I just love being in front of a crowd and feeling that energy, and, yeah. um, but it's also really special to be working with an artist and then get to see the process of, of what you made in the studio um, happen live too. So mm -hmm. like getting the, that reward, I guess, of doing that music live when you worked on it in the studio as well. Yeah. Um, so that's exciting, but they're really totally different processes, of course. Mm -hmm. um, I love them both so much. It's more, one of them's more creative, obviously, and the other one is just you're, you're out there um, connecting with people yeah. as opposed to connecting with the actual song. Mm -hmm. yeah 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 that connection and that um that like live experience like there's something about that that like brings out like a different musician in you you know 
Yeah. And like the, the, the preparation too is, is crucial because, um, I don't know about you guys. Um, you know, I, I've performed live on stage like Ariel as well. Aaron's a, a professional ice skater. Oh, He's wow. performed in front of like a ton of people, awesome. um, all over the world. So yeah, there's, there's something about like that energy that sort of like holds you accountable. Like no matter how much I prep, there's nothing really that can like prepare you for like performing in front of eyes, you know? Right. Yeah, it definitely has a, a unique feel when you get out there in front of people. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, yeah, I, I just, I just kind of want to know like, uh, about, about like the touring man. Cause like, yeah. you know, you're one of the, the few artists or like friends that I have that go on tours with these, uh, like different groups. Like, um, like how is that like life experience for you? Is it, is it, you know, difficult on the road or like, tell me about it. Yeah, so I don't have a ton of experience being on like tour buses and and living like that tour life that everyone talks about. I guess okay. um, a lot of my touring has has to do with fly dates, and you know we're in one city, come back to LA for a couple of days, and go to another city. Mm-hmm. Just kind of that back and forth, yeah. um, which I've done a bunch of that, and that's you know that's just so much so much fun. Uh, I have done a little bit of tour bus stuff, and you know it's really exciting to wake up in a new city every single day, yeah, and go try the new foods and. Um, that's just really an exciting way just to see the world and, you know, just to like live your passion, right? And yeah, to, yeah. To bring music across the world and see it. And it's really exciting. Can you um, think of like, um, like, like your most rewarding experience, uh, you know, playing on stage? Like where was like the, you know, your, your the yeah. best energy, the best crowd? Like, I think it would have to be, and I, there's hopefully more to come for sure. But uh, so far, it's been playing at the Red Rocks Amphitheater in Colorado. Yeah. Uh, and that was amazing. And and I was blessed to do it twice, actually. So okay. That was really cool. Uh, we were opening for Grizz, who's an electronic artist. Okay, nice. Uh, and then Big Gigantic, another mm-hmm. electronic artist. So that was wonderful. And we had this amazing moment where we split the crowd in half. And it was uh, like 5,000 on one side, 5,000 on the other side. Yeah. And we did a call and response um, where half the crowd sang a different melody that harmonized with the other one. Oh, uh, yeah. And uh, so we had the crowd basically harmonizing with one another, and then we built a song sort of around what they were singing. So we were all just uh, making so music cool. together, and it was just goosebumps. And yeah. It's really incredible. That's awesome. awesome. Yeah. Uh, I, I know for myself even, you know, performing for a live crowd can be so rewarding and um, can give you so much energy. But uh, being being on tour and kind of trying to do that you know, night in, night out. I know for me, you know, you can get a little burnt out sometimes right. just from trying to, you know, match that level of energy. Do you feel like on the road when you're touring with music, you have a hard time, you know, keeping up with your magic, for example, or do you ever feel like you get burnt out? Well, whenever I get burnt out with music, I, I go to magic and then vice versa. Mm. Um, they kind of help each other re- recharge, I feel like. Um, but I'm always doing magic, I guess, just in general all the time. Kind of wherever I go, um, that's another fun thing too to be on the road and to, you know, do magic for people in the crowd and stuff. They don't realize that I'm about to go do a show for them too. Yeah. It's just kind of fun just to to do that as well um, and backstage too. So I'm constantly doing magic, uh, and that definitely keeps the music fresh. I think too, just to like take a little break, um, you know, right before playing a show. Let's you know go do some magic for people, the people that were playing in the band or the opening acts or headliners, and okay, just kind of another way to connect and yeah so it kind of kind of gives you balance yeah definitely balances for sure yeah that's awesome dude 
And uh, yeah, I, th- I think you brought a deck with you, right? That you were gonna. Um, I do. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, Can yeah, you yeah. see a little bit? For sure. A little sneak peek. This is a it's a Star Wars deck of cards. Okay. Uh, I love Star Wars, Good but, choice. Good choice. but also this was just a deck that I had lying around. And um, yeah, so we got some cards here, and maybe we can play with time travel. All right. That might be kind of interesting. Hey, I'm up for it. <laughs> uh, you've seen uh, Back to the Future. Yeah, sure. Any time tra- Tenant, maybe. Okay, yep. I like <laughs> uh, that movie. I have to see Tenant, but... Um, yes, yeah, so we have some cards. Uh, why don't you grab one out? Any card? Any card. All right. Let's spread them out like this. Uh, you could sign it, but for now, it, it, I think it doesn't matter, right? Do you guys want to sign it? Or I have a pen to sign it if you want, but... Yeah, you tell me. I'll sign it. Yeah, have them sign it. You want to sign it? Okay. I got a pen. All right. Uh, let me grab that. You can take that and... Uh, yeah, Any, write, anywhere in particular? Write your name. Uh, just nice nice and big across nice the face and big. of it. All right. I just realized that I, when I talk like this, it's much more rich. Oh, uh, you're that, good. Is that all right? Okay. <laughs> all right, there we go. I wrote my name. Perfect. Okay. We got the pen. Let's set this aside. It's the uh, three of diamonds for everyone. <laughs> <laughs> three of diamonds. Okay. Uh, so, let's see. Three of diamonds. Pack of cards. I'm going to take the three. I'm going to leave it in a very obvious place. Sure. So it is uh, face down amongst uh, a face up deck of cards. Okay. Okay. And uh, you can see that at home as well, hopefully. (laughs) (laughs) Three of diamonds. Uh, This is a moment in time right now. Okay. Right? And all of this is a moment in time. So if we were to take this out of the deck, right, that moment when the card was face down in the face up deck is now, you know, five seconds behind us. Mm -hmm. About right. So let's see if we can move even further into the future, or rather maybe into the present moment, I guess. Okay. Um, getting further and further away from that moment. Okay, we'll see what happens. Um, I'm going to put your card in the middle, and you can actually push it all the way in the middle. All right, push it in. Okay. Into the future. And into the future, exactly. <laughs> and uh, is that fair? That it is lost? I'm not like keeping track of it anywhere with my uh, fingers? Yep, I can't, I can't see it at all. Uh, you know, I could we could shuffle the cards or whatever, but I am going to shuffle it in an unorth- unorthodox way. Okay. So I'm going to mix up the cards. So we got some cards face up, and then we have some cards face down. Mm-hmm. Okay. And I'm going to jam them together. So I'm going to mix the face up cards uh, into face down. Okay. So you can be fair about that. Is that fair that we have? Yep. Is that like the timelines colliding? Uh-huh. Face up, right? The timelines of... <laughs> Collided for sure. Face down, right? Yep. Okay. Put those all together. So now we're very far away from that moment in time mm-hmm. that we made. Try to get this. Okay, there we go. You Actually, you can put them all together and make sure. And make sure we're still face down and face up, right? Yep. Fair. Okay. Push them all together. All right. So you are doing the damage. And now we have a really messed up deck. Thank you. No problem. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, that, that I can do. <laughs> so now this is kind of unfortunate. We have cards face up, face down. Uh, I don't even know if your card's in the face up section or the face down section. Uh, I'll put the cards in your hand so you know I, I can't uh, okay. manipulate it. Hold on to that. You see my hands are empty. They are empty. We're going to go back in time. Let's do it. Okay. <laughs> so about a minute ago, was it maybe? I would say. A minute ago. The entire deck was right except for that one card, right? Mm-hmm. So I think we can actually take that moment and bring that moment back to what just happened here. So all of what we just did hasn't happened yet. Okay. And if that happened, none of these cards would be messed up. Son of a... <laughs> right, every single card is totally, totally normal. 
except for that one card that we left in there from the very beginning. Come on. What? <laughs> no way. Time travel. <laughs> nice. There it is. And you can That's keep epic. It. You can have it. Perfect. Thank you. <laughs> that was awesome. Thank nice. You, thank you. And that's actually a, that is a trick that I created myself. Dude, that's incredible. Essentially. It is, you know, based on, there's lots of different ways of doing something similar to that, but that is yeah. my handling. So yeah. yeah. Oh, dude, that's awesome. Nice. Well, tell me about that creation process. That's, that's, because, that's some uh, skill right there. Yeah, <laughs> right? Or you can do it upside down, which is kind of fun. <laughs> nice. Um, yeah, it's very different. It's, you know, there's creating an idea. It would be really cool to make this board change color, for mm -hmm. example, right? And then how do we do that? So you come up with a really interesting idea that is using your imagination, and then you switch into the analytical thinking and go into puzzle solving. Okay. And, uh, you know, figure out how do we make this happen? How do we, you know, how would we make this change color? Do we have to have this item, be, you know, have something tricked about it? Does there need to be some sort of gimmick so to speak right um so that there's a lot of things that you think about when creating magic um i think about practical practicality okay uh, i like to be able to work with an examinable object mm -hmm. and be able to have it be examined uh at the end and the beginning too mm. um and i like to have it fit in my pocket and be able to i guess maybe not even use the table sometimes too mm -hmm. so that's just my personal style because i'm out and about and performing at nightclubs and that kind of stuff and I like to be able to have the mobility. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, Marcus told me you do a lot of studio magic too, right? I do studio magic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, actually, I do. When I do sessions, I, I definitely always bring, bring some magic for that too. So nice. I kind of do. <laughs> but yeah, no, it's, uh, it's, a, it's a wonderful passion of yeah. mine for sure. And it's, it's really fun to, to create. And a lot of the stuff that I create is also uh, impromptu, which, which means that you don't have to use any like trick decks Right. And that's kind of what I was saying. Like, it can be examined and that stuff. Mm -hmm. What's, like, uh, your your favorite reaction or, like, you know, top three or five that you can think of that, um, you know, because yeah, I've seen you perform and I've seen you get all sorts of reactions and just, like, people's, like, minds blown. But, like, yeah, is there we, any we, were, we were watching out? some of your tricks on Instagram. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I couldn't figure it out. <laughs> nice. Uh, well, I mean, when someone runs away from you, that's always a win. Yeah. For sure. <laughs> um, I did magic for Khalid, actually. Oh, nice. And uh, there's a video of that somewhere online, but I did magic for him. I, I made a, you know what? I could even show you this trick uh, at some point. If you want me to do another trick, I could do oh, the same trick. Oh, we'd love to. Yeah, absolutely. Um, whenever the time is right. But yeah, I did a trick for him and uh, it was at a festival and he lost it. He ran around the room twice. Yeah. Oh, wow. <laughs> That's awesome. So that was that was a good moment. Well, yeah, Ariel, tell me what, uh, what you're working on right now, what you're looking forward to um, and what's uh, what's happening. Well, I just uh, I just performed trumpet on the James Corden show with an artist named Quinn ninety two. Awesome! Uh, so that was very exciting, and um, there's some talk that maybe I'll go on the road with him at some point. Um, we're still working that out if they're going to add trumpet to the music or not. Okay. Um, so that could be something in the near future, and um, I'm also a uh, artist for a trumpet company. Okay. And they're building me a trumpet right now, so that's oh. another exciting thing. They're called Lotus Trumpets. Oh, sweet! And they're really amazing. Trumpets. <laughs> cool. Are they, is it like, are you customizing it in some way? Is there yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So uh, I can tell them exactly what I want the trumpet to do. You know, if I want it to be brighter in certain ways or darker or, um, you know, if we want the look of it to be different than the, the, the standard or something like that. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So that's exciting. It, it seems like you travel quite a bit. 
um, with yeah, between, between music and magic. You, you said you're from Massachusetts. Yeah. What, uh, what brought you to LA in the first place? What kind of drew you here? Um, honestly, it just seemed like the best place to do both of those things, to do, do music and magic. Mm -hmm. um, but aside from that, all of my friends uh, from college moved out here. Okay. And so that was another reason to, to come here because we could all work for each other as well because we're all musicians. Mm -hmm. um, and it was just exciting to go to the West Coast after being on the East Coast for so long. And I was actually born in Eugene, Oregon, so it kind of felt like I was returning. Okay. Uh, I didn't stay here for very long. I was born in, in Eugene and then moved after I was three, I think. Okay. okay. But yeah, it was just kind of the, the best move to make. And uh, I was in Boston playing in a cover band and like a wedding band for a bit right after I graduated. And that was fun just to save up some money. But uh, I, I just wanted to go out there and see what happens. Sweet. And nice. it's been really wonderful so far. Yeah, dude. What what is the the magic community like in Los Angeles? Uh, so the magic community is centered around the Magic Castle, actually. Okay. Um, and the Magic Castle, if you don't know about that, is a private club for magicians where they have uh, world class performers every single week, a uh, different lineup every different week, every single week, uh, come there and perform. And that's a really wonderful place to go and experience new magic. And so yeah, there's definitely so much magic happening in los angeles there is yeah. um not necessarily so many magicians living here but people coming through mm -hmm. for sure uh, just it, it's one of the biggest magic hubs i think um in the world okay well yeah awesome well dude we're very excited to um hear any of the new like uh songs that you're writing um oh yeah i should you know, mention that maybe actually oh yeah yeah tell me about it so i'm also a songwriter mm -hmm. as, as you mentioned but i do a lot of writing with louis futon and he has a lot of music coming up very soon uh, that I'm a big part of that and I've been writing a lot with him so I'm very excited for for that music to finally yeah surface dude yeah I mean we're excited to hear it you uh, you mentioned you kind of already had a network when you got here uh, you know friends and stuff right from back home how, how important has that network been for you um, as you've kind of chased these different things have you found like you you've met new people or is that uh, that core that you started with is that kind of essential to yeah, absolutely. No, I've definitely met new people for sure. But uh, that core is still very close for sure. Mm -hmm. uh, and also very inspiring to be around. I think being around inspiring people just makes you want to just do better and, and better yourself as well. Um, so a lot of my friends are also touring musicians and, and studio musicians and kind of doing the same thing that I'm doing. And so it's really, really wonderful to be around that creative energy all the time. So Ariel, I I can recall that you um you showed me a clip of you uh performing on stage and sort of like intertwining your uh your magic skills with your trumpet. Tell me a little bit about that project. Yeah, absolutely. Um it has been a dream of mine to combine those together and to to have a show where magic and music is happening at the same time and and the reason for the music is because of the magic and vice versa and mm -hmm. so i put together a show uh, i performed at black rabbit rose yeah and it was like a one-man show playing keys and using a looping pedal and playing trumpet and doing magic on top of the music that was looped um That's and then awesome. interacting with the music through magic yeah uh so that was a very very fun moment in my life dude how, yeah, how stressful is it trying to manage all those things at one time in a show yeah uh <laughs> Yeah, definitely stressful for sure. That's why the show also isn't fully happening anymore, just because I need to I need to work on it a lot more. But it was just a, it was a great experience to finally do it and 
figure out what works and what doesn't work and and figure out you know maybe the looping thing isn't really my thing <laughs> yeah yeah but that no that that's cool to put yourself out there into like uh you know a show that hasn't existed before um you know because that's the first that i've heard of something like that yeah that's so. such a yeah. unique idea yeah, yeah thanks yeah we'll see i definitely want to make it happen again cool so ariel tell me a little bit um about some of your influences man who inspires um, you man uh well first and foremost i would say all of the music and, and just creativity in my life uh comes from my parents you know they always had music on in the house cooking dinners and stuff and uh i feel like i was brought up listening to a broad scope of music and okay. also my grandfather who brought so much classical and and um like beethoven and opera and mozart and you know awesome that definitely was a huge influence to me growing up um i'm super inspired also by john williams okay yeah. i love i love john williams film score music and mm-hmm. a lot of the piano music that i write is inspired by by him and his chord changes and that's amazing a lot of the you know structures and melodic choices that he makes mm-hmm also, it's wonderful to, my girlfriend is a musician. Her name is uh, Liv Gibson, and she's an artist herself and has music out. Awesome. Uh, you can find her music at Liv Gibson on anything. Search it up. <laughs> Sweet. <laughs> and so it's inspiring to live with another musician, and she's singing all the time, and, you know, it's always nice to, you know, hear fresh new melodies floating around, and it's just great to be surrounded by so much music in the household, you know, growing up. Uh, and then also just amongst all my friends. Yeah. Well, yeah, man. I mean, is there anything else that you're that you're working on that you're looking forward to, like this summer? Well, my my current day job, uh, I guess, or night job, but my what I call my day job. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I work at a nightclub in Hollywood right now called Main Row, uh, and it's a platform for me to play trumpet on stage, uh, like classics. You know, there's like a backing track of, you know, like uh, What a Wonderful World playing behind me, and I'm playing the melody. Uh, so that's that's a fun thing that I'm still doing and looking forward to continuing. Okay. Uh, and then I also walk around and perform magic from booth to booth in the club. Yeah. So that's another thing I'm doing. <laughs> awesome. So that's where people can. Uh, that's where you can find me. Yeah. That's where yeah. they can find you live, right? And and where can where can everybody find your music uh, online? Yeah, what, your, you know, your which music, artists? your magic. We want to want to see those. Yeah. Um, if, I think if you just type my name into Google, Ariel Shrum. Uh, a lot of that stuff will come up. I don't have, since I'm just a trumpet player on other people's music, I don't have like a Spotify of just my stuff, which I should create. I should figure out a way to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, but my Instagram is also uh, a very good source for finding out things that I'm doing and finding my music and projects I've been a part of. Uh, and that is Ariel Shrumpet. Yes. Uh, like trumpet, trumpet like but shrum <laughs> pet. That's awesome. Well, dude, yeah. Um, thanks for being here. Thanks for being on the podcast and like, Absolutely. yeah, sharing your journey with us. We're really looking forward to all the projects you got coming up. Man. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for having me. Thank you for having me.